and you're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far Welcome everybody. We got another uh, not as long of a wait from the, from the next episode. If you're uh, actually just good about going one or post, this will probably just a couple days after. But here we are. We uh, finally get to talk about Mandalorian after all this uh, crazy holiday season. Fuck yeah! Well, fucking happy New Year, boys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is, uh, New Jesus Day. Murphy. Yeah. Nice to nice to put that one behind us. I feel like it's like I feel like Johnny Depp in that Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He's sailing into port and on top of the fucking crow's nest as it sinks, and he just stands off the deck. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. I saw a meme today. It was like uh, it was it, the top half of the video was uh, Danny Zuko and whatever the Olivia Newton's John character from Greece driving in the car, and then right below that was. Uh, um john travolta and uma thurman in uh pulp fiction and it was like entering 2020 versus leaving 2020 i was like yeah that's about right that's very accurate <laughs> well i'd like to take a minute and thank our sponsors twisted tea uh, <laughs> for a more civilized age <laughs> yeah has anyone ever gotten more free fucking awesome like press than than them in the last week I would like to see like what their stock prices did. Oh, I'm sure it's fucking skyrocketed. <laughs> I was having this conversation the other day with a coworker actually, because I, I would imagine that like the the social media and or marketing department at Twisted T is just like chomping at the bit to 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 jump on this. And but I imagine they kind of have to wait for for any uh, legal dust to settle in that uh, particular situation. And if, if y'all don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking this up as we speak. Oh, bro. Have you? Oh, bro. You got the same gotta, same situation. <laughs> you not seen all the fucking memes that have just absolutely taken over the world for the last week. All right. So FYI, uh, beginning at about uh, December 15th, Lucid Tea started a steady climb with a big, big spike on December 21st in terms of its stock value and has maintained consistently high. So basically a massive spike in its stock value on one of those two, basically one of those two days, I would guess would be when that video started going around. Right, right. But okay, so Danny and Chris, do do y'all have any inkling? Like, have you seen the memes at least? Or do you like, are you just completely completely in the dark? I'm in the dark. Completely in the dark. Like, you haven't even seen the memes. I like, I... Me, I don't, I don't do Twitter, Facebook, okay. like Reddit See, at back, all anymore. I, I've been back on Facebook for about the last like month. I took like a fucking three month break just to get it out of my system. But like now, I'm back only in like the meme realm because that's the only part of Facebook <laughs> that I can like deal with is is memes. But yeah, so I have a, I have actually two buddies who, um, one of whom I've actually never met in person. He's just like a Facebook Star Wars buddy. But the other one is is my buddy David, who actually got my uh pass for celebration i bought it off of him 
and then we met up last time but he he's the like fucking meme lord like he he when i see him post memes it's usually like a couple days before they are like taking over reddit or so i don't know like what kind of fucking contacts or connects that he has he's just like the, the his, his meme connects exactly and, and like he he is always like he's got his finger on the pulse man and so when he sh- the first one i saw was him so uh, so the memes are basically just like about like people like threatening other people with cans of twisted tea and also i learned that not every part of the country or the world obviously but even america like so danny do you even do you know of twisted tea do you know what it is yeah i i know what twisted tea is okay because i was surprised by by a certain amount of folks that i know who are like what the fuck is twisted i was like bro yeah it's basically yeah you know like fucking it's like the 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 arnold palmer version of mike's hard for the uninitiated yeah, I mean, you're not picking up the twisted tea at the like Michelin star restaurants. I mean, it's more yeah, well, it turns it, out I, you pick it up at a gas station. Yeah, like, Bodega, like, yeah I think great. I think my first twisted tea experience was like one of the first times I was in a bar where I may not have been quite 21, and I think it's the thing I pointed at first to drink. So that's that's my. Uh, I mean, they're not bad, but it's like yeah. it's, it's like any like Mike's Hard, any type of thing like that, where it's so sugary that it gets you. It'll yeah. get you drunk, but I those sugary drinks give you a fucked up kind of hangover in my book. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you drink in a parking lot. But uh but but so yeah, so and and speaking of gas stations and bodegas, so so if you want to Google and I'll text the video to the group chat right now, um, but for for anyone else that um is is unawares that if you just Google, I think the the thing that I first saw was a meme that my buddy had posted and I was like, what the fuck is this? And and he just commented, Google racist gets hit by lemonade. And obviously it's like, it's more tea, but it's like, you know, half tea, half lemonade. There's semantics. We don't need to get into that. But the point being that there's a video of a man hitting another man in the face with a tall can of twisted tea. And uh, it's more than deserved uh, is all I can say, you know, the, the, um, the small gin, uh, ginger man of the ginger persuasion is, is I would assume intoxicated and screaming in the face of a very large man holding a twisted tea, uh, just screaming fucking racial slurs in his face and like literally quite literally begging the other guy to to hit him the funniest part like, is just how reasonable that guy is being for like most oh of yeah time. and and the <laughs> fact that he that he because it's like almost minute and a half two minute video and and the fact that there's a build-up and it like doesn't just like that he restrains himself for like a significant amount of the video before he he wails on the dude is impressive but it's just one of the most satisfying videos i've ever seen because i think the build-up is what adds to it right so it's the like climax this whole, he picks exactly up and holds it off to the side yeah like- and he drops it and then the other guy tries to kick it away from him and then he picks it up again and he's like are you gonna hit me with that you're gonna hit me with that and he literally like slaps his own face and he's like come on come on come on hit me hit me hit me and when he finally does it's just this like perfect <laughs> symphony of of like the build-up the whole preamble the noise that it makes because when it connects it it explodes and sprays everywhere and fucking just absolutely lays the guy out and it's just like and then he gets tries to get up and is trying (laughs) like you just you gotta fucking watch it it really those uh on fire tackles from nfl blitz yes yes exactly it's exactly (laughs) the same thing 
when you're when you're on fire in NFL blitz and you just like fucking lay somebody out. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying my my again my phone's being fucky here. I'll do send it on the on the computer. Um, but yeah, so it's uh and 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 the first one I saw was like uh it was actually the the uh, uh spoiler warning for Mandalorian season two. <laughs> uh it was a meme of luke skywalker holding a lightsaber but the blade was a can of twisted (laughs) and i was like oh what the fuck and i started like and i went and saw the video and and uh yeah dude the memes have absolutely like obliterated the internet for the last week or so like if you just search (laughs) twisted t memes i don't know if y'all saw the like ocean spray guy who was like longboarding to fleetwood mac couple months ago yeah. am i like the only one who goes on the internet apparently I, anymore? I, I, I thought i was fucking like unplugged from everything and i'm just like all right all right so anyway that's i'm just like saying shit referencing shit that nobody knows what the fuck i'm talking about it's fine um but yeah so anyway the the fucking twisted t-shirt has absolutely overtaken the world and um yeah the memes are on point and on fire and actually ben hart from uh, star wars underworld has already created a special twisted team meme group on facebook which is oh, on fucking fire and like he he is like he is like the 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 champion of these twisted team memes right now he's he's got it unlocked <laughs> so uh yeah lot lot to to dig through and and sift through there if you haven't uh, gone down that rabbit hole yet but anyway yeah fucking uh yeah wow great i just thought everybody was like i'm all right that's that's a all right but yeah fucking uh happy new year boys how was your christmas how was your new year's you know nice low-key got a bunch of new lego sets so can't complain oh you see i saw that uh was that tantive four yeah yeah Yeah, a couple of tie fighters and yeah nice Y'all do anything fun for New Year's? Uh, just uh, drinking and watch. Uh, I think right. I actually, this is the first year I actually fell asleep before New Year's. I think I was like awake. I looked up like 10 minutes before. I was like, oh, wow, it's it's uh, 10 after. Cool. I had a, I had a, <laughs> and then I stayed up until 12, 15. So. No, oh, wow. I yeah. was in bed at nine. So one of my friends, texted me today happy international hangover today and i was like dude <laughs> you have no idea like you're vastly overestimating yeah yeah well i think we can all agree uh fuck 2020 and uh goddamn glad to be done with that um yeah, fucking Mando. Holy shit. Like, I can't even believe we've talked for so long about all that other shit. And, like, we had – and we literally didn't even get into Mando at all because um, there was just so much. And there's now literally more announcements <laughs> since then <Yeah. laughs> from the Mandalorian. Like, that. yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Like, I have a lot of thoughts, but I'll fucking just throw it out there, like, for uh, – because we're going to – like, we talked about trying to go back and – and do like episode by episode breakdown, but just as far as your like your thoughts and takeaways from the season as a whole, like what what'd you think? FYI, looks like we we might have lost Chris. Uh, I don't see his. No. Oh. 
Oh, I'm here. Oh, he's hard to lose. He's pretty fucking tall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it's easier to lose. Than Me on the other hand, I, I can. I, I put away. to sneak away all the time. I mean, uh, it has to feel like all is right with the, like uh, I feel like all the different pieces of Star Wars that I love, ranging from Clone Wars to the new trilogy, have just been expertly stitched together. You know. Agree. I like, like I really like season one of Mandalorian, but I feel like see, they really hit their stride in season two. Yeah, I don't. There's like a couple episodes in season one where I was just like, yeah, it was an okay episode. Like it was just kind of filler. I felt like season two, every single episode was just awesome. Yeah, there was never an episode where I was not in tune and and kind of repeat watched like the night before the new one came out and then see the next one and like throughout the week just kind of catching little details because there's just so much that they uh they bring to the table fuck yeah dude i i i totally agree like especially with what will said as far as like i think this feels to me like the most connected that all the different timelines and mediums and everything has ever felt you know what i mean it because they stitch in things and i think that part of that is a product of you know feloni and favreau being so involved with shit like clone wars and rebels and all that type of stuff but um so they know which which things to to put in there and and not but um yeah man there's just so many little things where where just i think it, it's funny to me because not, I don't want to like get into all the fucking horse shit and, and dumb internet drama, but I, I feel like it is funny to me how I've seen folks who maybe weren't as big of fans of the sequel trilogy saying things like, oh, well, so glad we got Mando season two because now it's just like erasing the sequel trilogy. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here being confused thinking like, well, I guess I feel like it's more, it's it's more interconnected and it's it's... You know what I mean? It's much more, it's tying directly into those things. You know, when you, when we will get into, you know, like the cloning stuff and the the baby Yoda stuff and all, it's laying a lot of groundwork in my opinion to, to connect directly to that. And and it's just funny how people, you know, they see what they want to see and they hear what they want to hear. And, and you can make the argument about what I'm saying too, I suppose. But, but just from the fact of like, people are like, (laughs) the thing that I find the most hilarious is people go, when, when something comes out that they don't like, apparently kathleen kennedy made it by hand personally but if something comes out that they do like it's like yeah fuck you see kathleen kennedy so it's like you don't think she was involved in the thing that you liked and the thing that you did like she's the fucking head of the company you know what i'm saying like i just find it funny that people are like yeah mando season two putting kathleen kennedy in her place it's like bro she made that <laughs> what are right. you talking about same involvement is that i think um like feloni is a kind of a unique character in the sense that he's sort of uh he's almost like a professional star wars creator in a way that nobody other than george lucas that i can remember has totally. really been and so there is that uh he's providing this stability to it that i think one thing that that the Mandalorian and his other works 
can boast of that the new trilogy can't is that there's that consistency of vision through it all. And like, I think that that's the, the most attractive piece of it is that like, uh, you know, the new trilogy, we got a, a sort of a different cook in the soup every time. And then at the end, people were all pissed about the, the way that the different movies fit together. And now they don't have that argument to make anymore. Yeah, definitely. And and the cool thing is they still do like get different directors for each episode. So you get all these different like themes and like overarching like styles from each episode, but there's still like an overall story that is if you really pay attention is building a bridge to the uh the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I no, that's a really good point, Danny. And I I, I like that and because they very easily could have just said like, oh, John Favreau, I'm going to direct every fucking episode. And and I think he talked about that to some extent in some of those behind the scenes things where he's like, no, I want to be able to bring these other voices in and, and be able to let other people. I mean, shit, he lets Filoni direct some episodes in season one and season two. Uh, fucking Carl Weathers directed one of the episodes in season two. You know? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's really cool that, like you said, they kind of they allow that space for while they know that they have a vision overall for the direction of the show, they, they, and they talk about it a lot. I don't know if you watched the behind the scenes for season two thing on Disney plus, but it's pretty cool. There's only one so far. I don't know if they're going to drop anymore, but they talk about that a lot of like, look, we hire people. And I say it's, it's what any good uh, boss does. It's like we hire people and we let them do their job that we hired them to do. We don't come in and try to fucking micromanage them and tell them, Oh, you have to do, like we can collaborate and we can discuss about what, what we want to do. But ultimately like we hire these episodic directors to come in and direct. I mean, shit like Robert Rodriguez, like I was so stoked when he came in and that episode I thought was fucking great, but yeah, man, I really like that, that, that kind of extra style that they can, you know, allow these folks to come in and kind of play around in their, in their toy box a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I also heard that the uh, Robert Rodriguez like kind of stepped in at as like an emergency basis because i guess whoever was originally supposed to direct it like dropped out at the last minute so they he just picked it up and like honestly has what probably probably the most action-packed like episode yeah you know it's interesting because i don't know if it, it, it how much y'all heard about because i heard some some different rumors floating around like that danny yeah like you said about how he kind of was brought in at the last minute or something like that and and yeah so i, I guess i didn't realize that at first until until i, I heard some folks yeah. say that after the fact and yeah. and another thing that folks were picking on that that i i guess i didn't take it as a negative when i heard him say it but i, I guess again you know nobody hates star wars like star wars fans right so you know <laughs> that he said something about like you know just kind of as like a throwaway line in a little like um online interviews that that he said you know they came to me with like a 16 page script and and you know just as like a fucking film school dropout like typically one page of script equals about like one minute of screen time so if you have a fucking 22 page script you probably have about a 22 minute episode right and so so you can imagine that being like oh shit this is like a 16 or 19 page script whatever he said it was he's kind of he went to john favreau and was like uh (laughs) what the fuck like is this this is not done or he's just like no you just fill it in with action and he's like oh dope 
that's my thing is so so like danny said like it's a super fucking action-packed episode and it takes that whole you know it's it's uh, an the whole sequence at the end, it, it becomes a much longer action sequence, which I think is to the benefit of the show. But it was one of those things where I saw folks jump on it and they're like, what, they didn't even bother to finish the script? And it's like, yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and in that, uh, the, the like, what's it called? The uh, the gallery episode afterwards? Yeah, yeah. How he like recreates some of the scenes or kind of like gives some like imagery from, from, with like his kids and like bro costumes. the previs the fucking previs <laughs> yeah. that he made did y'all see that or did yeah. Will and Chris did you see that I have not yet oh, oh yeah. it's, it's so okay it's so good Danny you wanna wanna fucking lay it out oh yeah basically like he's uh he's doing some previsuals and trying to just get some concepts over to like Dave David uh Dave Filoni and John Favreau. So he dresses up his two kids as the as Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, I think. Yeah. And he basically like reenacts the the action scene, and for like stormtroopers, he fills in like action figures and puts like yeah. this like backyard kids playing with Star so Wars playing session. But you but can see, but you can <laughs> see the end product in there. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like you thing. can still. Yeah, and and it's so funny because he said he like sent it over to them and he was all like embarrassed and worried and they're like, no, this is why we fucking hired you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Like, well, Dave, it is Dave funny. Like, yeah, we got the right guy. You know, you, you guys saw that meme going around of like, it said like John Favreau and Dave Filoni coming up with script ideas and it was just two kids from the 1980s like playing. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that is one reason why it's so amazing is they, they kind of are just doing that a little bit, like the sandboxing with yeah. characters and storylines. Just fucking fan service, bro. Won't you do something original for once? Well, God forbid that <laughs> if they actually get something original, you know, that's going to be a, something like... Well, the like The Last Jedi? Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And then it gets shit down their throat because... Yeah, so that's the thing, man. It's like I—I I guess that's what I always just like. I—I I will never not find hilarious about Star Wars fans. Is it? And we—I don't know, Will. If you—we were talking about this last night, or maybe I was talking to Trevor or somebody. It doesn't matter. That just like what I can't understand. Like, if you don't like something and you have a criticism of it and you want to put forth an argument about why you're criticizing it, that's fine. But it's these folks who make their entire lives and their entire existence, and in some cases, their entire career for some of these youtube personalities and and different types like that their whole persona and their whole function in and existence is based on shitting on the parts of star wars or whatever fandom but particularly star wars that they don't like right there's a whole there's a whole subgenre of of youtube especially which i like i don't go i don't ever click on but like i youtube algorithms will like suggest me shit because they're like oh you're watching this other star wars video maybe you'll like this and i'm like nope that guy's an asshole whatever we don't need i don't know name but name but but where there's like a whole subgenre of people who who their entire existence and 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 success as a channel is predicated on constantly providing content that shits on the parts that they don't like which like again if you don't like something that's fine and you're allowed to talk about it and like have a discussion or debate but if if you just make your whole fucking life revolve around just deriding and tearing something down like why don't you just enjoy the fucking parts that you like 
and not make your entire existence about the shit that you don't, you know what I mean? And like a Star Wars Resistance, I remember that got a lot of shit because, oh, it's so fucking kiddie and bullshit. It's like, yeah, but like, it's for kids. Like if you don't have kids or if you don't enjoy it, just don't fucking watch it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like nobody's holding you down and making you watch it. Uh, maybe they are, though. Maybe Lucasfilm is sending out fucking, like, battalions of people to fucking, like, break in in the night and, like, hold motherfuckers down and make them watch The Last Jedi while they're, like, crying. And it's maybe it's very traumatic. So maybe maybe I'm being unfair by judging these people. Somebody who's probably in your 30s, 40s, sometimes 50s, to be, like, rolling into some kids' entertainment and being like, this is shit. It's like, dude... Like this is designed for children. <laughs> it's like well, you a, know it's a light. It's interesting. I, I saw a meme the other day that actually kind of gave me a little bit of, of interesting perspective on it, where it was it was um it was Obi-Wan yelling at Anakin, you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where he's laying all burnt up and whatever, right? And he's saying, like, you know, you you became the very thing you swore to defeat or whatever the line is. And then the caption was something about like <laughs> prequel fans bullying sequel fans after 15 years of getting bullied themselves or whatever. And it's like, I think there is some element of truth to that where, you know, it's, and, and maybe some of those sequel haters are, are older original trilogy fan. I don't know. Right. But it's just, it is interesting. Cause I, I, I get it. Like as, as, as I'm sure you guys do too, the people who like of our age bracket who grew up as prequel apologists and, and are now kind of being vindicated after years and years of things like the Clone Wars kind of, you know, rinsing some of that off in people's minds or and or adding some connective tissue, however you want to describe it. Right. But but that like. You know, I think some of us have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder about the prequels and about like being kind of tired of having to defend them all the fucking time. And, and then, you know, so I think some maybe for some folks, maybe they kind of felt like oh cool well now i'm gonna turn around and like give some other give these other people a taste of the fucking medicine i don't know like i I wonder if there is some truth to any of that (laughs) yeah people don't recognize the fact that maybe what changed is that like you changed over the 25 years between the movies you know and just became like sour and bitter about a cynical piece thing. of shit yeah. and coming from a cynical piece of shit like <laughs> me that's like if like if i'm calling you a cynical piece of shit like you better look in the fucking mirror because like goddamn like that's yeah i'm i'm very cynical and shitty <laughs> um okay so here's a question uh favorite episode Um, hmm. and why and why I I think I would have to honestly and it could be recency bias because I haven't rewatched through it yet but you know I the ending of the very last episode was kind of just a very special like Star Wars moment I felt like that star that moment was bigger than the Mandalorian it was like a you know a Star Wars moment of all the trilogies for me, I have to pick. Uh, it's a tight race between um, the initial Boba Fett reveal episode, the Cobb Vanth Tatooine episode, and the Ahsoka episode. I mean, it's, 
I love just, I mean, it, it felt so good to have uh, like Ahsoka back, to have some mm-hmm. lightsaber fights. Uh, I just, I loved, I loved the like uh, ancient China aesthetic that was going on with the, the like city walls and stuff. And that was a, and then they, they hit me with a Thrawn teaser at the end. And I was just, <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, that might've been my favorite. That's good. I, I did like the initial Boba Fett one too. Cause I feel like as somebody who's played the crap out of like Knights of the Old Republic, like we're, we're bringing in crate dragons, like making them oh, like slightly yeah, right? different. And they use but... the, the same tactic. Yeah. They use the yeah. same tactic that you use in the video game. Yeah. So I thought it was like, that was like cool way of bringing yeah, some of that shit forward. Um, One of my favorite um, sort of non-canon novels is that I think it's called Kenobi, where it's yes. just about John Obi-Wan Jackson Miller, Tatooine and yep. you know, diving deeper into Tatooine kind of fauna and lore and background. And the Tuscan Raider culture yeah. and all that stuff. Like you get to see, like many of the chapters are set from the perspective of the female chieftain of the Tuscan tribe. Like it's a dope yeah. book. Plug eye. Yeah, plug eye. Cause she had, didn't she have like a fucking like red ruby or something yeah. like where her eye used to be? Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good book. I, I hope they, they take some inspiration from that for the, the Kenobi show. Uh, but yeah, Dan- Danny, what was your favorite one? All right. So I, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but the one that I think surprised me the most was uh the second to last one with bill burr and the reason was because like the uh (laughs) this episode he was in on the first season was actually probably my least favorite for some reason it just i i just couldn't where they break him out of where they break that guy yeah like for some reason that that episode just never really drew me in the whole band of like the the uh criminals just i i it didn't sell me but like his character in this one is is it's a complete 180 and like i guess it's really not because i went back and watched that episode and i it does it did resonate with me a little bit more in like the second watching but or like a more recent watching but that was the one episode that i'm like oh wow this is this is surprisingly like wrote his episode they wrote his character perfectly yeah yeah the latitude to just be bill burr the and, thing that I, that's what I love about it, though. It's yeah. like he's literally just Bill Burr if he was dropped into the Star Wars universe, but still manages to be <laughs> a believable character within the context at the same time. Yeah, and I also just like getting that insight of like what how uh, what life is like as a as an Imperial. Like you, you kind of cheer for the Empire, like when they run the uh, run those like the cargo cargo cars or whatever with all the uh the explosive stuff yeah I, I agree with you like i wasn't a big fan of the first episode with him in it and i kind of thought this one was going to be kind of a throwaway episode because you knew it was like the second to last episode mm-hmm. and you knew how, kind of how the last episode was going to end but uh like i don't know I, that one surprised me too i really enjoyed that one yeah because the rest of like are just they just i, I have to like process them to kind of I don't know. Not that they're better, just like because you had the Ahsoka episode, the the last episode. I guess we, at this point we spoiled it, but the the Luke Skywalker comes in. So like, there's just so many crazy moments in each of them that I I can't just pick one as like my favorite. I will say that I think that 
Skywalker scene is going to go down as one of the most iconic Star Wars scenes of all time. And it's pretty cool to have that happen in a, in a TV show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, so before I give my favorite episode answer, then I'm going to ask one more question then, because I think we all kind of are in a similar boat of feeling like, I love this episode, but like, goddamn, this moment from this other episode. So like separate from your favorite episode, and I, I feel like maybe I know what the answer is already, but it's also there's several contenders. Uh, favorite moment then from the from the season? If you could uh, just pick one moment or one seat or one episode, or excuse me, one moment or one scene or whatever you want to call it. I feel like I probably know the answer. I For think me. you're right. It was like the moment I saw the, the X-Wing, I think, was the moment. Or when he dropped like the lightsaber, you could see. I'm actually going to go with uh, Boba Fett's profile on the hillside. I, for me, when you see just... when you see it's Tamara Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Danny, um, I'm gonna go with the scene where any, any there's two of them, I guess, but any Giancarlo scene um, where he's either with Baby Yoda when right after Baby Yoda's done wrecking the stormtroopers, the the way he just plays a bad guy, I, it. And the way it fits into just the Star Wars universe, I, I'm gonna go with any. He's well, a great he's... villain, and the, yeah. him wielding the dark saber is just so yeah, like so yeah. The, the final confrontation with him and 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 yeah. uh, Dinjarin is is my favorite moment. All right, well, I'm gonna yeah, give I you all some the, the best scar like spear combat. It's just yeah, the best. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that fight was dope. Um, uh, yeah, f somehow like that fight gets just like almost lost in the fray by what comes immediately after it. But um, all right, I'm gonna give you all some kind of bullshit answers, sort of a cop out, but like I'll at least give you one answer, real answer for the episode thing. So I would probably say my favorite episode is the first one, the Marshall, um, just from like like a narrative point of view and like the pacing and the fucking just all of it like and it's the longest episode too um which i appreciated a little bit longer i feel like it maybe set me up for disappointment and expecting like oh all the episodes are gonna be this fucking long now like whatever that's a whole nother thing but i think like i fucking love that episode the whole just the whole thing with Cobb vanth of again like having read all three aftermath books and like really enjoyed them I thought that was a really cool thing that they're like bringing in basically a pretty obscure character that they only introduced in these books. You know what I mean? It's just cool that, cause it's like, okay, cool. They're willing to do that. It leaves the door open for a lot of other characters in those books. Again, I don't know if y'all have read any of those. I, I recommend them. I have them and like audiobooks if y'all ever want to borrow them, but I, I'd recommend them. They're very much, I understand why people were very disappointed with them at the time because because it was somewhat billed as going to be like, oh, this is the new, not Thrawn Heir to the Empire trilogy, but like it was taking place of that, right? It was, hey, here's a trilogy of books set right after set in that basically the same heir to the empire time period, but, but not really about any of the legacy characters because obviously it was, those books were coming out before the sequel trilogy was done. So they didn't want to mess with that and, and, and tie their hands behind their backs. But all that being said, it, 
it really sets up, I would say almost kind of like star, star Wars rebels or like firefly type of like hey, a little ragtag group of like rebels. And there's that like, I would be very interested to see and expect to see honestly show up in, in things like Rangers of the new Republic, et cetera, where you get, you know, characters like uh, snap Wexley snap Wexley is like a big character in that trilogy. His mom, Nora Wexley is like a fucking uh, new Republic pilot. And, there's a lot of cool stuff, but it, just like the, the fact that they even brought in a tiny little throwaway book character and paid somebody as dope as like Timothy Oliphant to come in and, and be this sheriff character. And then they do the whole kind of bait and switch with Boba Fett and he takes off his helmet. And like Chris said, the crate Dragon, like as far as an episode goes, I fucking love that episode start to finish. It's just a fucking ripper. And, and like Will said, at the end, you get the little Boba stinger. Like, there's just so many fucking things for me in that episode. Um, and so I think that that one probably takes the cake for me. I also go throw in um, my least favorite, which was the Frog Lady episode. Uh, yeah. It's fine. You know, it's like, oh, a little monster of the week kind of thing. Like, it was fine. And I mm. get it. Like I'm, I've learned my lesson to never call anything a filler episode when it comes to Dave Filoni. So like, I won't, I will, I'll stop short of saying that, but that's the one episode for me that I'm like, yeah, I could take it or leave it for this season. For sure. The frog lady, like it's Mando and a frog lady and the baby eating her eggs and like, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's fine. Um, but so my favorite moment, this is my bullshit cop out answer is it's a tie for me, I guess I would have to say if if you're going to put a gun to my head, I'll say between the Ahsoka reveal, the Boba reveal in full armor and the Luke reveal, I'll put Ahsoka third as much as I love that character. It, it, you know, it, it's just the hierarchy, the dominant structure of my brain. It's like, that's where <laughs> that's at. Like, she's not my all-time favorite character. My two all-time fucking favorite most characters are Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker, particularly, obviously, his, like, Return of the Jedi shit. So this season, to me, just feels like a cream dream. Like, it feels like right. just, like, <laughs> if I, like, died and I was in heaven, like, imagining what type of Star Wars content we would be getting it would be that right and and so like yeah dude the boat and the boba reveal because you know what's you know it's coming like the luke one you don't necessarily you can feel like okay it's probably gonna be luke like i i was hoping it would be luke but when it's boba you know and they do the whole you get to see tamara morrison fuck people up with his his gaffy stick like a fucking maori warrior and and like incorporating his like maori haka movements into the fucking fight choreography is super dope um just wrecking stormtroopers with that fucking stick just to before he even gets his armor and then you know they're all fucking down and out and you know that you just know he's coming in and then when it finally happens it's just so fucking sweet and you get to see him just absolutely run rip shit through stormtroopers like a fucking knife through butter and then the fucking rocket launcher and like, oh, oh, it's beautiful. Um, and but goddamn, dude, Luke fucking Skywalker. I the, the one thing, the one bummer that I have about this season is that some of these things, many of these things to me are, are some of 
like Will alluded, like are and will continue to be some of the biggest, most iconic like reveals or moments in Star Wars for a long time. You know what I mean? Like we're getting Boba back. We're getting Ahsoka for the first time. We're getting Luke back. All these things where, so, so my one big bummer and big regret about all of it is, is that like missing out on that kind of group experience, right. Of seeing it in a theater or seeing it at a, a celebration or like whatever the fucking thing, even just seeing it with you boys or whatever, sitting around a TV, right. Like that's, that's the one thing that I feel like has been sorely missed from all this is like, as, as awesome as it's been, I've been, I've experienced all those moments alone at four 30 in the morning on my couch while yeah. I'm like screaming and yelling. And my dog Boba is like, Whoa, are you okay? And I'm like, ah, you don't understand what's happening right now. And he's like, you're right. I'm a dog. I don't understand. And I'm like, ah, and, and yeah, man, it's, it's uh, that's, that's the one real thing that I, I, I wish could have been any different is that like some of these fucking moments i i it's as cool as it is i think that's so much of of the fun of star wars to me is like sharing that shit with your buddies and i mean it's just the reason why we fucking do this at all in the first place right like yep. is is some of those moments i just know would have been just like the biggest fucking cheers you know what i mean like you mad you remember think back to like seeing force awakens for the first time when they like cut over to the millennium falcon or like some of those things where you just know people would have been going absolutely ape shit not that they weren't but it's just you know what i mean it's just kind of a different different experience when when you're doing it alone right yep yeah like a lot of times i was like huddled in my in my bed trying not to wake my girlfriend up like watching it at like 3 a.m and it's like it i'm going through this crazy experience and i'm just trying to be quiet like watch it in like my own little like zone and to actually just like experience it with uh with a huge crowd is something i definitely definitely miss right but god damn dude that that luke i i literally got chills i was crying and hyperventilating i was wearing my glasses too so like i had to keep taking off my glasses like cleaning them off because they're fogging up and getting like tears all over them like I like that fucked me up. Like I had to go to work after that. Like, cause I watched it Friday morning and I was just like, that wrecked me like emotionally. And I, I think just the buildup and, and the way it plays out and the music and everything, man, it, it, I think, and I think for a lot of people, like I, I genuinely think, and I will defend the Luke Skywalker scene that we got in the last Jedi till the day that I die. But I genuinely think, that a lot of people's opinion of that movie would be entirely flipped 180 degrees if they would have just kind of given him that little bit of a like fan servicey, hey, let's like have him come out and fucking crush one of these ATATs or whatever. Like just some kind of thing like what we got in this episode where you get to see Jedi Master Luke Skywalker wreck shit. And I think genuinely a lot of people's perception of that movie would be different if, and I understand why they didn't like for, for their choices they made for that story. And, and I think it genuinely makes sense for the character that, you know, that we see win by throwing down his lightsaber at the end of return of the Jedi and all that type of stuff. But I, I, I do, I do wonder if, cause I saw so many people saying how, you know, like, again, like, Oh, Mando is redeeming fucking sequel trilogy bullshit. It's like, well, 
yeah, all right, you can think that, and you're entitled to that opinion, I suppose. But it is because we did get so we got that with Han Solo. I feel like in Force Awakens, we got some fan service with him wrecking shit and doing some badass stuff with Chewie and the indie punch and shooting people behind his back and all that type of stuff. And I think some people maybe felt like disappointed that they didn't get it. Hopefully, those people now feel fucking vindicated. And but you know, I don't know, man. It that when when he fucking comes in and you just you see the hooded black hooded figure walking down the hallway and the way the music slows down and changes and the and the dark troopers turn like i'm getting yeah. chills just fucking I thinking think the about music it, of the mandalorian is absolutely key to why it's so awesome like i think it's the best music since the original trilogy or maybe i'm trying to think of episode one was just some some insanely good music too but no that's a really good point um uh ludwig 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 i don't know ludwig goranson ludwig goranson yeah um he's fucking awesome and i yeah no i think you're right because that like the music is such a huge part of of star wars and and I feel like it's kind of cliche when people say like, oh, the music is like a character in the story. But like in Star Wars, it fucking is. Like Star Wars and like Harry Potter, Indiana, like a few, and turns out all things done by John Williams, um, you know, are are such big shoes to fill. Um, I thought Michael Giacchino did an incredible job with the Rogue One soundtrack. I still will go back and literally just listen to that soundtrack by itself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And I think, in a way you could argue that even like what Michael Giacchino did was really good, but it was also arguably kind of safe where I think um, Ludwig Gorenson is doing a lot more weird shit. Like he's, he's a lot more out there. He's doing dubstep with the fucking dark troopers, but it works. Like it's just enough where, where they go just far enough, but it works. And even just the main theme, it's so like stripped down and, it's got some Western vibes, but it's like still got some samurai vibes and, and all that just like classic shit, but, but still dips its toes into some new areas that like star Wars music hasn't really gone before. Uh, and yeah, I think it definitely adds, adds a lot of, of uh, a lot of layers. I mean, I can say that ever since this season launched, I have had, probably more often than Christmas tunes. I've had like uh, some sort of, or, you know, this something right. sort of, or even just a, you know, like right. running in the back of my head through the course of the day. That's how infectious it is. Hey, uh, I gotta, I gotta take the real Boba out to go potty. So y'all carry on for a minute. I'll be right back. He's been crying at me for like 10 minutes. No well, I guess uh, we got to find something else to talk about then. Um, so, uh, Danny, Chris, what do you guys think is going to um, be the next, the role of Baby Yoda in the next iteration of content, whether it be through like my sense is he's actually maybe dipping out of 
the Mandalorian storyline for a little while. That, yeah. that's, what it, that's what it seems like. But I I don't know. It's hard. It's after how much like they plastered him everywhere. I, I, it's yeah, hard. one thing I thought was interesting is there. I, I do expect there's going to be some backlash to that. Like, uh, my girlfriend was saying that like uh, when when Baby Yoda took a break for most of an episode or whatever towards the end, she's like felt a little bit sort of uh, uh, swindled. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, it's like so, so many people that. consider it the Baby Yoda show, but I, I, I would like to see just kind of, I don't know, they, I don't know where, how, cause like, there's definitely gonna be more to his story. We're gonna find out. I don't know whether it's gonna be through books or or what, right. but I, it seems it's seeming like it's gonna be Boba Fett for a little bit for like this this uh the book of Boba Fett. And then they're probably going to go back to the Mandalorian probably sometime like the year after. Yeah, I mean, I was curious. I mean, are they going to do a Mandalorian arc next season or not? That's Yeah, that's I was confused on that as yeah, well. Yeah, there's some like vagueness about it. But I, I mean, it, it, it's probably just their, the next thing they're going to produce is like the, the Boba Fett series. Well, it sounds like they... I mean, they do have it queued up for a pretty interesting, yeah. uh, like they're sort of, as I see it, three storylines sort of in the works here. Like the the obvious one being that they set up w- with the book of Boba Fett and what have you in Tatooine. Um, the next one being Ahsoka and Thrawn. But they also set up uh, sort of uh, Mandalore battle yeah oh yeah because we there's a whole like concept that dinjard is the the leader of mandalore now because of the the, uh the dark saber right you guys i assume you guys saw the meme of like bo katan like making fun of the mandalorian for not taking off his helmet from following traditions and then like the next panel was her being like can't this is dark saber's not mine because i haven't earned it by tradition yeah Yeah, and i'm back yep we we're just talking about the future, uh, the future narrative trajectory of Mandalorian, Baby Yoda's role, and maybe whether or not we're gonna have uh, a Mandalorian season three next year or what. Well, so that was one thing that I really didn't understand is how people got so confused by that. And like, they came out and clarified it, but I, I genuinely like, I walked away feeling like it was pretty fucking clear that Book of Boba Fett is its own show and Mando season three, which had been greenlit ages ago, is its own show. And those are two separate things that yeah, will cross over. Kind of what I thought yeah. too. But I, I walked away like, and I saw a lot of people's reaction videos when they said whatever. And then all kinds of shit on the internet. And so I don't know if any of y'all felt like walked away feeling that way. But yeah, like, I guess I didn't really understand where the confusion had come from because it felt like, yeah, so Mando's Book of Boba Fett is coming out. I guess the timing, maybe the December 2021 is what confused people because, and I heard people say that like they're calling it Book of Boba Fett and the Mando's going by chapters. So maybe that like next chapter is the book like whatever right i think they maybe confuse people with that terminology and that book of boba fett is coming out before mando season three that's true 
but they're separate things. And, and yeah, that's, I, I was confused that by how many people were confused about that. I, I think I, I, I followed a camp and I was, I was a little confused of like, if the Boba Fett book of Boba Fett was like the next season, but yeah, I, was the same I think, the- I think the, what, uh, Kath- Kathleen Kennedy, I think at the, uh, the Disney, Disney investors meeting said like the next chapter of the Mandalorian is coming next or like the, the next door, the next chapter in the story of Din Djarin is coming December of 2021. So okay. That, okay. That's... So it was tied to the investor yeah. meeting. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Cause I was, cause, cause obviously if that many people were confused about it, there must've been something to it. I, I just didn't really put that together. Yeah. My, my confusion I think came from is uh, like this, this like ending of this season to me, like could have been like, we're going to sideline, you know, the Mandalorian for these other things. So this, that, that was like a beginning like end cap of that story and they could move on easily. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I feel like they, I would have been incredibly surprised if they would have done that without like any advance warning, if they wouldn't have said ahead of time, cause they've already said ages ago that season three was greenlit. You know what I mean? So like, it would be really yeah, weird yeah. for me to, to them for them to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're just this thing that is like the most popular thing in the world right now. We're just going to shelf that. <laughs> like, I don't like. Yeah, I, I, I so no, that all makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's so. OK, so you're talking about like the trajectory of potential season three. And, and again, what they've said. And I, I feel like this part was a little bit lost in the fray because there were just so many things announced at once. But. Basically, what I gathered is that so now there are going to be four shows running at the same time, Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic. But what I gathered and from what they said and and Kathleen Kennedy said it in the investor thing is that like these are all going to cross over with one another in within the same timeline. And then basically at least those three, if not all four shows are going to culminate in a massive crossover event which i think is all going to be in you know the whole thrawn vibe and hopefully i hope they bring in mara jade and like whatever i think there's a lot of stuff they could do with with a lot of a lot of those characters and shows but it seems to me like what as far as specifically mandalorian season three it seems like they're pretty clearly setting it up for a mandalorian civil war yeah like i have to assume that grogu's gonna come back like they're not just gonna send away one of their main characters and like the most popular cute thing on the planet and just never bring it back like that's not gonna happen um i don't know how i i I can't say that i really understand how it's gonna happen but i i couldn't have understood how boba fett and luke skywalker and ahsoka and bo katan were all gonna fit into this storyline before the season started (laughs) so I'm not going to sit here and pretend I, I know more than John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, really but yeah, I would have to assume well, that there's going to be a big showdown between, between Bo-Katan and, and Din Djarin. And I mean, also the thing that I thought about the other day rewatching Rebels is when they talk about Mandalore the Great, who was the first Mandalorian Jedi and the first one to, to have the Darksaber, like he is like in, in the limited kind of visuals we see of, about that character – 
is very much dressed like Din Djarin with like all chromed out Beskar and like, yeah. So I, it, it was an interesting like visual thing to like, oh, maybe, yeah, like Chris said, like maybe, maybe they are going to have him kind of become the like Jon Snow of like, I don't want it, but like, I'll become the king, but I don't want it. Like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be, it'll be very interesting uh, to see where they go with all of it though, for sure. As long as they don't make him a zombie. Or kill him and bring him back. And then... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens enough in Star Wars. It's, it's not... Really <laughs> no, I, I really want to go back and rewatch season eight of, of Game of Thrones because I have not watched it since they came season, out when they came out. We watched the first episode in fucking Star Wars oh, yeah. Celebration, man. That was wild. That feels like a million years ago, but... Seriously. Season eight of The Mandalorian has Jar Jar Binks back with robot legs. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> but yeah, man, one, it's the, it's int- no. Go ahead. I was gonna say the one thing I don't, I don't think we're gonna see much of is like the Luke and Grogu just training. I don't think. Uh, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I think they can't really do a lot with Luke. Uh, it works as a like a a scene, a short scene, but. Uh, at the moment, I would guess that if you try to do a full episode, it's going to end up seeming like those, hey, guys, like YouTube videos that are automated. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely think that that part of bringing back Mark Hamill for, for this cameo was to, like, let him be the one to kind of give that, like, badass Luke moment. But I, I really do think that if – if they're going to be serious about and, and then bringing him in like that to me says that they're probably like, I can't imagine that that's going to be the only time we see Luke in this whole fucking sequel era at this stage that like they're, I, I, like you said, it's cost prohibitive. It's, it's, it's just a huge pain in the ass to do that all the time. So I have to believe that they're going to recast him, but they wanted to give, if they recast him, then it would make kind of sense for, you know, to give Mark Hamill his like last moment in the sun and, and, you know, have it be Mark Hamill when he comes back as a badass. But then again, I'm, you know, like the internet's been saying, and I'll I'll say it again, like fucking Sebastian Stan is my number, like fucking get him in there. I'll, I'll, I'll buy him as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I I definitely think he's a number one candidate, but I mean, they're they're probably going to go through the rounds of, I think they've sort of opened up the whole time period now between now and between this current arc and the beginning of the new trilogy movies. And I could see a scenario where Luke is back in that as an old man, you know? Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. If they did a big time jump or something. Yeah. We could definitely get like Luke five years before the last Jedi or, or, or something. Right. But, but I mean, right now there's what about at least because it's five years you... after. It's five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm. So maybe even twenty-five years. It's hard to say exactly because it seems like maybe there was a bit of a time jump between Mando season one and season two. Because, like, when they go back to Navarro, obviously a lot of shit has changed and been developed, and, like, they built a fucking statue to IG-11 and shit. Like, uh, 
that's another yeah. one of these, the de- the little details they put in like that to the, to the uh the Mandalorian even like the uh the, the mod cal currency he has to pay off the uh in the one episode right the the calamari plan <laughs> from that he gets yeah. from season 1 episode 1 or whatever and even even like the the menus or or the like the arbesh text on like the the teacher's chalkboard or whatever you want to say like i've seen people go through and translate and like every fucking thing is like every little detail is has been like translated yeah, and like they wrote matter. out a whole menu even though you can't read it unless there and meticulously translate it like they still took the time to write out a menu that had space waffles on it like yeah you know the difference that that kind of reminds me of is like you know for the people that are gamers like the i know exactly what you're gonna say but yeah go ahead like between morrowind and like skyrim yep. you know it's like that attention to detail to to those of us who are really like just living in these worlds it's like uh it makes such a huge difference you know that's so funny that you say that and it's like yep that i know that we're brothers because like my fucking as soon as you open your mouth and said you know what this reminds me of i in my head i was like yep like the books in like skyrim or whatever where like you can go into a fucking farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and steal a book off of somebody's shelf and you can read the whole fucking book like that level of detail is just like yeah and in, in there were like entire quests that you would only get by like randomly reading a book in some house and then yeah. exploring it gives you a clue to like hey go out into this fucking area in the mountains and then yeah it's shit like that and and, and many people might play through that game for a hundred hours and never even fucking find it like yeah yeah no i i think that's what that that type of shit is what gives those type of games replay but it's also like danny said like that's what gives these movies and and shows and whatever you want so much rewatching value is because like you know you can sit there and rewatch some i think it's funny because yeah i have people ask me all the time like well how can you fucking rewatch the same shit over and over and over and over and over again it's like well because you can because there's so many layers and there's so many details that you can and i think feloni get different stuff out of it right is what he's doing is uh he built everything he does has that element of just layered detail to it but then what he's also doing is sort of filling in and and fleshing out some of the you know some of the newer trilogy stuff because it was uh one shot big production things they they did have stuff that like backstory that they didn't really get into and that's what you know some people got fussy about that because they're like well how do you connect this and whatever and um the the current swath of content is just totally fleshing that stuff out like a new expanded universe totally when and i again i think they're you know ultimately giving us really all the things that we wanted from the the you know i'm rereading air of the empire or the you know the the comic i have of air of the empire right now and or the whole trilogy and yeah i mean i think honestly like a lot of the shit that that people wanted from that like we're ultimately gonna get and and we're clearly getting those storylines and and we're gonna get weird was weird about everyone losing their their shit over the 
Luke storyline is that's kind of a modified version of one of the key kind of heir to the empire trilogy storylines. Meaning um, the like recluse Jedi sort of uh, what's that? What's that character's name? Joris Kabath. Yeah. You know, they, they've taken out and they took, you know, the, uh, with the Jedi Academy and like they took a lot of the basic uh, ideas of the new trilogy basically directly as they were outlined in, in those Heir to the Empire books. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think it's like, you know, I mean, look, it, either like they could have done that stuff right out of the gate. They could have gone and done an Heir to the Empire trilogy as as the quote unquote seven, eight, nine. But guess what? That means we would not have gotten ever again. We never would have had Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher coming back to those roles, right? It's like, and you can argue about like the way that they did it and whether or not you think it was effective or whatever. But like the only way that we got those movies with those original people coming back was set in the timeline of like, well, fucking after like heir to the empire trilogy is literally right where Mando is right now in the timeline. It's like five years post return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? And so I think I would imagine that, obviously these things have these plans have been in place for a long time so i would i would guess especially as somebody like dave filoni that is probably you know who brought thrawn into canon in the first place in rebels um it is probably been very frustrating for him for the last few years knowing that like ultimately he's gonna bring us all these things that we're sitting there like fucking pooping in our diapers that we're not getting and he's like knows that that he's gonna give them to us eventually but can't say it you know what i mean and just kind of has to sit there and take the abuse not that like look i mean as as many shitty snarky star wars fans as there are out there i feel like the vast majority of them still have a a large amount of respect for dave filoni and I, i don't generally see much hate being thrown his way fair or not right i think i think he he kind of he escapes any blame and always gets the praise for good or bad right and kathleen kennedy kind of has the opposite thing um maybe because of what's between their legs i don't know uh but like i i think that yeah it's like ultimately we're gonna get all that shit and realistically the only big thing that we haven't gotten from those sequel i mean we've got fucking cloned emperors we've gotten all this shit we've got luke's jedi academy all this type of shit the new republic being set up like the only piece that really is missing at this point is Mar Jade. And I genuinely have a, I have a strong feeling that that's coming with all this other Thrawn stuff. I don't know how they do that without bringing in uh, characters like Captain Peleon and Rook, the fucking uh, like his like assassin bodyguard guy. Um you know, and, and the, like, the, the, like, force dampening, like, lizard creatures that, like, all these things, and who knows if they'll bring in the, the, that weird character, Joris Kaboth, like, that, I feel like, is a bit more of a stretch that they would bring him in, specifically, but who fucking knows, like, I feel like it's, the one thing that this season has taught us is that it's all on the fucking table, which I'm just so stoked about. I mean, we've gotten Rook, 
in Rebels. That's right. He's in Rebels, right? But did yeah. they? Oh shit! Did they kill him off in Rebels? I can't remember. I can't remember. I yes, so. Warwick, Warwick Davis did. did the the voice. Yeah, program. you're right. Maybe they did kill him off in Rebels. But like, whatever. They could bring like they've brought back every other fucking character that's been killed off. I bet they could bring back. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta keep. I'm, I'm still like reworking my way through my my rewatch of Rebels. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I, I, we talked about it in our, our other one before that I genuinely thought that after episode nine, that this is going to be the bleakest fucking time to be a Star Wars fan. And, and that Mando was our only fucking, our only light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, holy it's, it's shit, surpassing we're fucking any. wrong. It really is the golden age right now. Yeah. What, and, and yeah, then, and then the Boba Fett announcement too, just like casually... I think that maybe contributed to the confusion as well as that people were like, well, this wasn't part of the big investor announcement. So therefore, yeah, who knows? But that scene also, I fucking love that so much. I was just giggling like a fucking idiot that whole. Yeah, bringing, the, the, bringing us back in the post credit scene, resurrecting Bib Fortuna. That's pretty. Yeah, for five seconds. <laughs> going to pull out my old action figures. And then he, and then he fucking said McClunky. I fucking died. It's so funny. The, okay, and and here's a here's a little Easter egg for for when you go and watch the uh, the behind the scenes of season two, Danny. You probably saw this, but um, so they had Bib Fortuna say McClunky right in that scene, which is a funny little thing because that's what Greedo said in the new version of uh, whatever, and people were mad. About it. But there's a conversation behind the scenes between Dave Filoni and and John <laughs> Favreau. Danny, about. you know what I'm talking yep. about. <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting there having a genuine discussion about um i can't remember what the scene is but in one of the scenes because supposedly the translation of mcclunky is like this is the end for you or whatever like you're dead or you're fucked basically. yeah it was, it was supposed to be in like a really serious moment i think it was like <laughs> yeah. boba fett's like initial <laughs> first scene or something or like <laughs> he's like I really want him to say McClunking. Dave's, Dave's just like, no, I. It's not, <laughs> not. No, Dave literally laughs in his face. He's like, come on, man. You can't, you <laughs> yeah. can't have the Mando say McClunky. Like, come. Yeah. So clearly they, they like made a compromise to stick it in in another scene yeah. later on where it wouldn't be as, but fuck <laughs> that. Uh, that. You can tell, me. like, like, uh, he's just trying to be like, all right, can, can we put it in here? Can we put it in here? Can we put it in here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dave, Dave Filoni was channeling the angry Star Wars fans on the internet in that moment of like, hey, look, I already know that if we like, look, we can put McClunky in and people will laugh at it, but only if it's like in a non super intense scene or whatever. Right. Like if if but if we put it in here, they're going to fucking rake us over the coals about this one. So. Yeah, that that was fucking great. But yeah, man, to, and and then I love that that Bib Fortuna in only like five or six years has become so fucking gluttonous as like he's basically like melting into like a new job of the hut as he's just fucking sitting on his fat ass having people bring him fucking wine and shit all day long. And yeah, I I I really enjoyed that scene, and I, I really liked how they they made Boba Fett a bit more of a you know a character who has somewhat of a code of honor um but also is still out for himself and and i really am very very stoked about the the kind of direction that they set him up for for his little uh 
little spinoff there. Um, that's uh, I yeah, did that, not see that coming at all. <laughs> that, that final shot of them like on the uh, Jabba's throne. Oof, so good. And the music there too. Um, yeah, man. I one I didn't you, y'all y'all tip me off to that one. I think or 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 maybe I honestly it's all such a like blur for me. I so I I was so flustered and 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 just all over the place from from the whole Luke Skywalker scene that I literally didn't even realize that there was a post credit scene. Maybe I maybe I saw it on the internet or something. I don't know. I I went on Reddit or something and I, I was reading reading up about you know uh just people's reactions to it or, or what have you and, and it was blah 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 post credit scene and I just went what the what the <laughs> fuck and cause cause on all the other episodes when it cuts to the credits it starts showing you concept yeah, art. yeah. And, and it but actually didn't for on- that reason I have never not sat through an entire credits because I'm I'm here for that concept art. It's like awesome. Well, me that's- too, but that's why I turned it off because there was not I was like, oh they're just going to right, black. None. Well I only, I only knew because I uh I was on my phone and like I was like, wait, there's still 10 minutes left. So I was like, wondering, like, is the concept art at the end? And then I saw like the scene with Boba Fett. I'm like, oh, I, I guess there's there's more here. So it because it's like right. a good 10 minutes of credits. Yeah, it's not real quick. Yeah. But yeah, that that uh whew, that was like I was already <laughs> so like over my emotional threshold at that point that that was just like holy jumping fucking jesus like uh, my little heart can't take anymore well it's a pretty good time to be alive for a star wars fan fuck man all i can say is that i after that last episode like i could die happy and i want to be around and see all the rest of it but like getting those boba moments getting that luke like fuck man i yeah like i I love it that's amazing uh, i'm extremely invested in thrawn coming back now i think that's my biggest focus now Uh, i I have a feeling that's going to be the uh the ahsoka series yeah right well honestly one of the things that i love about this show and about kind of where they are at right now is that they don't hold the fucking audience's hand at all. Like they will, they will basically do a backdoor pilot for another show and, and have like literally put in that Thrawn line. And for people like us, it's like, Holy fucking shit. That's amazing. And we know exactly what, where that's going. Cause it goes, okay. Ezra Thrawn, uh, yeah. Sabine, like whole air of the empire. And also the fact that Dave Filoni alluded to the post credits rebels scene, where you see Ahsoka and Sabine meet up to go look for Ezra. He uh, implied that that was after episode five of Mando season two. So yeah, well, not only uh, that, but they, I mean, they basically from episode one of season one in The Mandalorian or episode two, or, uh, they've basically been slow playing uh, this cloning thing. Yep. And not in any way, I would bet that like a large amount of casual viewers have not even really necessarily linked into it. Right. It's not like they're, they're they being beat you really over the head pretty, with it. Oh, yeah, they're, no, they're just letting you investigate and dive in as much as you want to. Well, yeah, and even even characters like Ahsoka or like the Thrawn line or whatever, where they they don't go, 
hey, we're going to explain who this character, they just go, yeah, either you know or you don't. And if you don't, guess what? There's fucking 60 hours of content on Disney Plus that you can go and dig through and learn about these characters, right? It's like actually a really clever tactic to get people who don't know to go back and like watch those things and engage with those other things that they don't know anything about. Because I have a lot of coworkers or friends or people who come up to me and go, like, oh, man, that was a really cool episode. But, like, who the fuck was that character? And, like, what was she talking about? Like, Grand Admiral, whatever? Like, what the fuck is it? I'm like, hey, here's a bunch of shit. You can... I'm like, I'm not going to just tell you all of it. But, like, here's a couple things you could go watch that will t- that will let you figure it out and kind of, like, dig into that on your own. And, and I know a lot of people that have been doing that. And it's a really cool way to, I think, introduce things like Clone Wars and Rebels, which I think has so much good stuff in it that that it's you know I, I think it's really cool that like you said there's just so much interconnectivity at this point that it's it's all it actually really genuinely all feels like part of the same thing there are times in the sequel trilogy where i feel like they kind of shoehorned it a few prequel references here and there, but generally they kind of stayed pretty far away from a lot of that stuff, right? You heard Luke yeah. say Darth Sidious, you get a battle droid in episode or episode nine. Like there's a couple things here and there, but you don't get a lot. But in Mando, I mean, you're getting pit droids. You're getting like, there's a lot more stuff. You get fucking Anakin's pod racer turned into a goddamn <laughs> speeder bike. Like they're like genuinely embracing those things, which, which I think yeah. a lot of us appreciate. Yeah. I, I think they also do a good job of like, I, I remember reading articles is like, Oh, are they bringing too many characters into the show? Or is it, is it taking main focus off the, uh, the Mandalorian? It's like, no, they, they still stick to this. Every episode is basically about the Din Djarin and either trying to figure out what's going on with the, uh, with Grogu or like going to rescue him. So like they still focus, like that's still the main, the main thing you're, you're interested in, but there's all these other threads that like, I just, I'm ready for them to, to go, go, go haywire with. Totally. No, I, I totally agree. Cause like you said, if, if, especially on paper, when you hear, Oh, Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Captain Rex, like all, and we didn't get Rex obviously yet, but, uh, you know, you hear all these things and you go, oh, damn, like, ooh, is that, are they just relying? After, people said the same shit about Rebels when it first started coming. Oh, they're doing too many cameos. It's like, oh, they got Lando, they got Leia, they got this, they got, it's like, it, to me, it's all about how you do it, right? It's like, yeah, it could be a crutch and you could yeah. rely on it too much, but but it's like, does it serve the story and the characters? And And like you said, Danny, I think, every time so far it has but that's just down to you know john favreau and dave filoni are are great fucking storytellers and they clearly work really well as a team i mean shit they've been working together since fucking clone wars however many probably almost 10 years ago when the first time pre Vizsla showed up right chris yeah that sounds about right <laughs> but man goddamn Good, good fucking time to be a Star Wars fan, boys. Yep. Yeah, it's like it's. I kind of expected it. I think then, like the back of my mind was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe this will, this will just pass, and then I would there won't be anything coming. But they just, 
and they, they timed it so perfectly with like the, the announcement of everything and then it was the last episode so i'm uh bro i'm buckled in 11 tv shows and one movie like it's funny point, if you would have told me like um, two months ago that hey they're gonna announce a bunch of new star wars stuff but there's only gonna be one movie announced I probably would have been like, oh, there's only one movie. It's like, yeah, but there's 11 fucking TV shows coming out before that movie comes out, basically. If they, if let's put pandemic actually like clears up at some point, I'm going to be like, I'm going to run out of time for all the Star Wars. Because right now it's just like, thank God, because it's just like home all the time. But if there's 11 shows, it's going to, I'm going to have to like schedule my viewing. Well, you just got to do what I do and just don't have a fucking life. You just go to work and then you go home and then you just, you can spend all your time watching TV. It's pretty easy. That's true. I, I should just quit <laughs> yeah. my job. You just got to, well, no, no. I mean, I have a job. I fucking work at minimum 40 hours a week, but you know, I just don't have a life outside of my job. That's the key thing that you're missing. The problem is, or the key thing that you have that you are like is 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 getting in your way of of your television consumption is is trying to have a trying to have a social life. You have to make you have to make your priorities, and at this point, Star Wars needs to be the priority. Well, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. (laughs) But I also don't have anyone else, any humans who are trying to subvert that priority from me. So. 11 shows. Wow. Fuck me. I reckon if I had a wife or a girlfriend and I said Star Wars needs to be the priority in my life, she might. Well, depending on the person, you know, I guess that would be a tell for me if it was going to work out or not. That's that's going to tell me because as I was saying that, I was picturing Chris saying that to his wife and her being like, yeah, Star Wars is a priority. So (laughs) in order for you to to unite your personal life and your hobbies, we need to have Star yeah. Wars gatherings again so that you can get the right one. You know? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to well. be fighting that battle for a long time. <laughs> Turns out. Ah, right, so go, going back to the beginning when you asked what we did over a uh, holiday break, I actually like did a little bit of a road trip around like New England, and uh, my oh, girlfriend nice. has a family in Vermont, so we just decided to stop at like random places. I went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts and found this like old bookstore and I picked up uh, Planet of Twilight and Dark Saber novels from the Dark Legends Saber. era. That rings a bell. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about them. They were two bucks each, so I'm like... Yeah. I'm preparing to uh, read all these... Boba. Uh, Boba. Hush. Yeah. <laughs> Hush. The, the hey. whole uh, High Republic Boba. books come out, so gotta get my self i just pulled up the cover art i definitely remember this uh planet of twilight and dark saber ones from back in the day so i don't know if they're any good or not but hey something to, to keep me busy nice yeah um you know funnily enough uh matt you remember dave dorman yeah the guy that um the artist uh the uh Comics for Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which was one of me and Matt's favorite computer games growing up. And then they made it into a comic series. It's really good. But like he's, you know, he is sort of kind of a convention guy now. Um, But we had like a pretty cool interaction with him at, um, I guess, that celebration. And um, but he also the other thing that he does besides those is he's does a lot of the he did a lot of these 90s 
covers for like Star Wars novels and uh, comics and whatever. And for my birthday, I got like for my girlfriend a really, really cool one where he, with like Han Solo and Boba Fett and stuff. And uh, I think he's done a lot of those. Nice. Yeah, he, he does some cool shit. But yeah, he's a super nice dude. I mean, you know, we went up and, and we're like just buying some comic books off his table. We're like, oh shit, like we used to fucking be obsessed with this back in the day. And he's like, oh yeah, I did all that. And we're just like, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, that's me. I did all that shit. You want some autographs or whatever? And you yeah. were like, uh, like, yeah, like what the fuck? Like, but yeah, like the nicest dude spent like 10 minutes just talking to us, took pictures with us, signed a bunch of shit for us. Like just the nicest fucking person. Yeah. Well, shit. Hopefully, uh, sooner than later, we can uh, get back to fucking celebration again. It sucks to think that there won't be one this year, no matter how good things might get. But maybe, maybe some conventions will will start to come back towards the fall. Uh, I have a hard time being too optimistic about the spring and summer, but yeah, I think um, the fall is the uh, if that. Right. So, but we'll, we'll see. I fuck, man. It was definitely a bummer to not get to go to celebration this year, but you know, um, yeah, man, fuck that. Like I said, that's, that's my, as, as stoked as I am and as, as fucking, you know, as happy as I am with all this shit. It's like, I, I do, I do really wish that we could have been able to, to see some of this shit together, but you know, there's uh, luckily there's a lot of other shit coming down the pipeline that that we'll be able to do that hopefully. So, yeah, my uh, hope is that one day we can actually like see all the uh, the Mandalorian episodes in, in the theater, but I don't know if that's ever you know. Oh, dude, I bet at like the next celebration they'll probably you know how they'll do like because yeah. even at, they'll do screenings of just all the regular movies at celebration. And I, I would be amazed if they didn't do like a Mando season one and season two and shit, probably season three by then who fucking knows. Um, but yeah, dude, that, that would be fucking rad. Cause yeah, to be able to get some of those moments of like the Boba reveal and the Luke reveal and Ahsoka and to be able to do it in a theater with, with a bunch of people. And yeah, fuck. I, I hope that, I hope we get that someday. All right. I think on that note uh we got lots to look forward to but i think we're uh i'm good with uh my weekly sometimes monthly dose of uh star wars chat yeah. <laughs> yep see you guys thank right, you boys. for anybody that's listening out there yeah have a good one the force be with you